Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is floor. F-L-O-O-R. And Groucho, in just a few minutes, there'll be no more secret about America's most exciting new car, the DeSoto Fire Dome 8. Oh, really? You'll bet your life. More than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here he is, the one, the only... Groucho! He's been on before, hasn't he? Oh, that's me! Well, here I am again with $1,500 for one of our couples. Well, Groucho, we asked for men with unusual occupations tonight, and just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Mr. James McClellan. His partner is a housewife from the studio audience, Mrs. Peggy Nagel. And here they are. Folks, come on in here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth dealers, and don't forget, in just a few minutes, we'll hear all about America's most exciting new car, the DeSoto Fire Dome 8. Now, if you say the secret word, you divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Just step up a little bit, Peggy. Atta girl. Atta, Peggy. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, oh, Mrs. Uh? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Connie. Peggy, I hardly know you. Huh? <laughs> Mrs. Uh, O'Neill, is it? Uh, Nagel, huh? Mm-hmm. And Mr. James McClellan. Yes, McClellan. Uh, where, where are you from, uh, Peggy? I'm from Marshalltown, Iowa. Marshalltown, Iowa? Mm-hmm. And uh, how long ago since you left there? Well, I was... Uh, Four years old, about. Oh, 16 years ago. (laughs) How long have you been married, uh, Peggy? Seven years. Seven years? Well, then you must be more than 20, huh? Oh, yes. Yeah. What sort of work does your husband do, Peggy? He has an upholstery shop. Oh, that's pretty stuffy work, isn't it? (laughs) An upholstery shop? Yes. And uh, Mr. McClellan, is that... uh... Yes. You know, there was once a mayor in New York named McClellan? No. And you didn't know that? Never heard of him. Oh, well, then obviously you're not related to him, huh? No, I don't think so. Uh, Jane, I'll call you Jim, huh? All right. And, and that'll be Jim Dandy. Where are you, where are you from, uh, Dandy? Uh, Jim? Wichita, Kansas. Wichita, huh? Yes. How long have you been living in California? I don't live in California. I live in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, and you go home every night? Is that right? <laughs> Take the Wiltshire bus right out Glendale. <laughs> well, wh- what are you doing out here, Jim? Is this a pleasure trip? No, I came out here to get on this program. <laughs> well, then it certainly isn't a pleasure trip. <laughs> it's a long way from Kansas. What made you think you'd be on the show after you got here? Well, I wasn't sure I would be. I, this is the sixth time I've come out here to try to get on the show. Sixth time you've yes. been out here? My sponsors come out in Detroit seven times trying to get me off the show. <laughs> well, this is, this is indeed flattering to have you spend all that time and money just to be on the show. And for all you know, you might wind up in Grant's tomb with twelve and a half dollars. That's a nice prospect facing a man. How much have you spent just to be on this show? And, no. and invested, I mean. No, I haven't spent anything. I come out here free on the Indian Pacific Railroad. <laughs> well, do you come in the train or under it? Huh? 
No, I come in the train. I... In the train? Yes. Well, that runs into money, doesn't it? No, I uh, ride free. Yeah, well, how do you, how do, you do that? Well, I work part-time as a brakeman and third cook on dining cars. You're a third cook? Yes. What are you, uh, in charge of the succotash or something? <laughs> Imagine, combination cook and brakeman. Huh? <laughs> if the spaghetti is sliding too fast, he puts the brake on. <laughs> Did you ever uh, say brake lining instead of cornbread? <laughs> no. Well, I don't understand. How, how, what do you do? Do you... You ride in the back in the caboose, and then you run forward if they have to make something. What's the difference between a third cook and a and a first cook? Well, the first cook is the last cook to get up in the morning. The third cook is the first cook to get up in the morning. The first cook is the last cook. To, uh, first cook to go to bed at night, and the third cook is the last cook to go to bed at night. <laughs> well, here we are back with Abbott and Costello. <laughs> well, when are you the brakeman? Oh, about uh, in the fall part of the year. Oh, I see. You cook in the spring and then you're a brakeman in the fall. <laughs> well, uh, uh, do you cook in the brakeman's outfit or do you break in the cookman's outfit? <laughs> Imagine. And uh, how far did you travel, uh, Peggy, to, to be on this show? Mm, about a mile. <laughs> see, people come from all over the world just to be on this show. Now, in just one minute, you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $1,500 question. Right now, I want you to pay close attention to this. It's the big DeSoto announcement we've all been waiting for. Announcing the new DeSoto Fire Dome 8. It's now at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers. The most exciting new automobile in America. The beautiful new DeSoto with the most exciting new engine in America. The 160-horsepower Fire Dome V8 engine. Here is an entirely new kind of automobile engine with hemispherical or dome-shaped combustion chambers that produce more work per unit of fuel. This means that the new DeSoto Fire Dome 8 gives you plenty of reserve power and acceleration at all speeds and on regular gasoline. See this great new car, the DeSoto Fire Dome 8. Stop at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers tomorrow and try it from behind the wheel. The new 160-horsepower DeSoto Fire Dome 8. All right, here we go. Now, let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected anatomical terms. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? Want me to explain the rules to him first? Well, uh, yes, if you care to. All right. And, uh, and talk slowly until I get this stogie going. Huh? All right. You uh, bet as much of your $20. Slower. You bet as much of your $20. Slower. You take your $20. Faster, huh? <laughs> you bet as much of your $20 as you Faster, want. Faster, Fenneman. I'm all left here. On each of four questions, you see, and then um, <laughs> I forgot the rules. <laughs> You bet as much of your twenty dollars as you want on each of four questions. Unless he does it all together, he can't do it. Huh? Well, well, explain the rules. Oh, all right. Him, huh? I'd like to understand them too. Right? You bet as much of your twenty dollars as you want on each of four questions, and the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the Desoto Plymouth fifteen hundred dollar question at the end of the show. All right. Now you have twenty dollars. Now how much are you going to bet at the twenty? Eighteen. Eighteen. Eighteen dollars. All right. The word pedal pertains to what part of the body? Foot. Foot is right. 
You're off to a good start. You have $38. Remember, you're going for $1,500 tonight. Now, how much of the $38 will you try this time? $36. 36 The word manual pertains to what part of the body? Hand. Hands is right. You now have $74. Now, how much will you bet? You have $74. Talk up, Peggy. All right. Make believe you're talking to your husband. 73. How much? 73. The word nasal pertains to what part of the body? The nose. Nose is right. You've now climbed to $147. And is your last chance to beat the other couples? How much of the $147 are you going to risk? $130. $130. The word epidermal refers to what part of the body? The scalp. The skin. Skin Skin is right. And you wind up with $277. Put it there, Peggy. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. We have a boarding housekeeper and a husband from the audience, Groucho. Mrs. Ann Burner and Mr. Charles Hurdleston. Come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Well, welcome to your Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mrs. Ann Burner and Charles Hurdleston. Mrs. Ann Burner, you're the boarding housekeeper, I presume, eh? Yes. Where are you from, Ann? Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta? Oh. Uh, are you married, uh, Ann? Yes, I am. You are, huh? How, how long have you been married? Five years. Five years, huh? You are, are, are you the husband, uh, Mr. Hurdleston? I'm a husband, not her husband. <laughs> well, don't come running to me with your problems. <laughs> Where are you from, Charlie? You're a fine-looking young fella. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. Oh. Are all the young fellas down there as uh, handsome as you are, Charlie? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, how long have you been married? Fifteen months. Meet her in... Was she from Dallas? No. That's our nicest suburb. Uh, <laughs> she, uh... I thought Neiman Marcus was the suburb of Fort Worth. <laughs> now, Mrs. Burney, you operate a boarding house. Is I it... do. What, what's the name of this place? It's the New Hampshire House. This is in Vermont? No, it's on New Hampshire Avenue. Oh, oh, here locally, huh? Yes. Well, what kind of a boarding house is it? It's Some of our th- listeners may be interested, you it's know. It's a theatrical... Pretty hungry-looking crowd out there tonight. <laughs> it's a theatrical boarding house. Oh, theatrical boarding house? Oh, you save a lot of hams there, huh? <laughs> you have to be in some uh, end of show business to get in. Yeah, well, I'm in the end of show business. I'm about to, <laughs> about to shove me out of the whole thing. <laughs> I used to play one end of a horse in vaudeville. Would that be qualify me? Now, how large a place is this birdcage that uh, you operate? Twenty-six rooms. Twenty-six rooms? Yes. Hmm. Show people a big appetite, you know. How big are the helpings at your place? Oh, you can have as much as you want, and then if you want a second helping, we'll even give you the second steak if you well, want that's, it. That's most generous of you, Mrs. Burton. Because it only costs 60 cents to buy a steak today, the way I buy them. Mm-hmm. Well, are you in close contact with a veterinary? Where you... <laughs> well, I get the steaks anyway. I'll say you get them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're going to play your bet your life. You beat our other couples, and you'll get a chance at the $1,500 question. I can't tell you how much you have to win, but George is going to remind our listeners. The housewife and the railroad cook won $277. And the secret word is floor. By the way, I, I understand, uh, before I proceed with this, I understand your old quiz master is on the cover of this week's uh, parade. That's the Sunday Picture Magazine uh, 
Just thought I'd warn you so you can hide it from the children. Huh? <laughs> Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected songs about water as your category. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? You have $20. Fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen dollars. Here's your first question. What is the name of this song? Play, Jerry. $35. Remember, you're going for $1,500 tonight. How much of the $35 will you bet? 20 $20. $20. Mm-hmm. Give me the title of this song. Okay, Jerry. Lazy River is right. You now have $55. How much are you going to bet? $50. Yeah. $50. All right. Uh, play, Jerry. Let's have the music. Over the waves are the loveliest night of the year. You now have one hundred five dollars. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much will you bet? They have uh, one hundred and five dollars. Okay, here you go. One hundred dollars. Give me the title of this song, Mister F. With $205. Uh, thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Put it in. Well, just before we went on the air, Groucho, our studio audience selected a first sergeant from the United States Army, James Schmidt. His partner is a friend of his, Miss Sue Hansen. Folks, come on in here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, kids, for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Sergeant Schmidt and Miss... Uh, Sue Hansen. Sue uh, Hansen. Huh? I suppose I should get military. At ease, Sergeant. <laughs> At ease, babe. <laughs> Sergeant, I'll, I'll just call you uh, Jimmy, huh? James? Is that all right with yeah, you? Yeah, that's good enough. I'd rather you didn't look quite so belligerent. <laughs> Where are you from, uh, Mr. S.? San Francisco, California. And what's your hometown? Uh, Kansas City, so? Missouri. Kansas City, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you yearn for KC anymore? No, not at all. You uh, prefer California? Yes, I do. How like old it. are you, Sue? Twenty-five. And Sergeant, how old are you? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. <laughs> well, you're outranked. <laughs> how long have you been in the army? Ten years. Ten years you've been in the army? Yeah. Were you a drummer boy originally? I can't help but notice all the bars and stripes and ribbons. Could you tell us uh, what all that stands for? Yeah, the combat infantry badge with a star in it. Silver star, bronze star with a cluster, purple heart with a cluster, and then just the regular campaign ribbons. Quite a hero, eh? Where did you get all those things? You must have been in the last war. Yeah. Have you ever thought of leaving the army and running for president? <laughs> Other people have that in mind, Jimmy. I understand you're a friend of the sergeant here, Sue. Is that right? Uh, how, how good a friend are you, Sue? Well, we're engaged. You contemplate uh, matrimony with this gent here? Those are my plans. <laughs> Have you consulted the sergeant? On this? Well, 
he's agreeable, I think. Well, he might be agreeable, but does he want to get married? <laughs> now, you're a first sergeant. What, what else do they call you? Uh, uh, <clears throat> top sergeant or top kick? I've heard of top sergeants. They're supposed to be the toughest men in the army, aren't they? <coughs> So, what do you call him when you're alone, Sarge or Topkick? I don't call him Topkick or Sarge. What do you call him? Well, I know it's kind of <laughs> Honeypot. Honeypot. <laughs> Honeypot. Is this true? Answer in the name of Ulysses S. Grant. I guess it is. <laughs> Those dames, they whittle everybody down to their size. Huh? <laughs> uh, do you like it when she calls you honeypot, uh, Sarge? <clears throat> I guess I do. <laughs> Attention, all privates and Sergeant Schmidt's company. He wants you to call him honeypot. <laughs> An order. Over and out. Roger, Sam. Do I sound like Captain Video? Sarge, let's find out about your job. For example, what what do you actually do? Well, I'm the uh, immediate representative of the company commander. I uh, tell the men what the uh, captain want them to do. And do you tell the captain what the men want him to do? <laughs> In other words, you're the boss man, huh? And if a man doesn't do his job right, you fire him. Is that right? There's no such thing as firing in the Army. Why do they have all those guns and bullets? <laughs> well, what are, your, uh, what are some of your duties uh, specifically? Well, I uh, uh, maintain the duty roster and uh, see that uh, all the details are shared equally. Well, that's a pretty responsible job. Are you sure that all the men share alike in the yes, work sir, details? Yes, they're all shared alike. Mm -hmm. Well, for example, uh, when they're painting the barracks, does the general wield a brush like the other men? <laughs> no. And you call that sharing the work, eh? <laughs> Can't you ask the captain to fire the general? Captains don't fire generals. That's not true. I know an ex-artillery captain from Missouri who fired a general. <laughs> Of course, he was a very democratic fellow. But... <laughs> How many men do you have in your company? Uh, roughly 800. It's a post-operating company. Roughly eight men? 800, huh? Yeah. What do you mean by a post-operating company? You operate well, on the post there? No, we uh, handle all the administrative functions on post and uh, give uh, logistical support to the... Uh, ROTC and ORC uh, units in yeah, Southern California. You didn't, you didn't get a purple heart for that. How'd you get the purple heart? <laughs> That's a while back. Well, tell us about it. I'm sure the audience would be interested in that. Well, the first time was in Sicily, the jail of Sicily, and then the uh, uh, second time was in uh, uh, Hamhung, North Korea. It's always that way. The bigger the hero they are, the more modest they are. Well, Sarge, I imagine you must have had some strange experiences in the service. Can you think of any that you could tell? Well, I, I never had any strange ones. I uh, I had an ex 
Yeah, kind of an embarrassing one, though. Uh, you know, when I first went in the Army, you know, I was kind of a big guy. And uh, we were over in North Africa getting ready to go to Sicily. Well, I was a corporal at the time. I was 14. So uh, <clears throat> my mom wrote a letter to the old man, you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> she told... What do you told mean, the old man? Your father? No, the, the company commander. Oh, the CO, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Who was the old man, remember? Geez, I forgot his name. It's just as well, I guess. <laughs> well, anyway, she wanted me to come home. Uh, thought I was <clears throat> not old enough to be over there. Well, that's absurd. You were 14. <laughs> so it uh, it, it kind of got out in the company. And, uh, you know, being a squad leader, and I had told everybody I was 20, why... It was kind of embarrassing when they found out. And what did the CEO do? Did he uh, holler when he heard about it? Well, uh, he didn't like it. That's the understatement of the week. <laughs> Have you any idea, Sue, what your life would be like if you were married a first sergeant? For example, uh, Sarge, what time do you start to work in the morning? Well, I, I generally get up about 5 and fall out for roughly at 5.30. Why don't you get up the same as everybody else, huh? <laughs> Don't you ever hurt yourself falling out in the morning? Would you be willing to get up at 5 in the morning, 5.30, and make coffee for a sergeant here? Well, I thought perhaps I could make it the night before, and then he could warm it up in the morning. <laughs> how do you like it? They're not even married yet, and she's figured out how they're going to make the coffee. <laughs> Sarge, my advice is, after you're married, go over the hill. <laughs> By the time you get home, she'll make it hot for you. <laughs> Well, you're a charming couple, and I wish you both the best of luck, and I hope you wind up as a general and eventually run for president. Now you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $1,500 question. You run your $20 into more than our other couples. I can't tell you how much you have to win, but George is going to remind our listeners. A housewife and the railroad cook lead with $277. And here we go. This is uh, Famous Lovers of Fact and Fiction. Now you have $20... Here's your first question. How much will you bet? Nineteen ninety-nine. Nineteen ninety-nine. That's right. She's a she's a very cautious girl and wants, wants a nest egg, that's all. All right, here we go. Prince Albert was proposed to by a famous queen. What was her name? Think real hard. <laughs> Talk it over, and if you don't know, make a guess. Prince Albert. Prince Albert. Huh? Prince Albert was proposed to by a famous queen. What was her name? Not Elizabeth. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Josephine. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Queen Victoria. Victoria. So you have one cent. Uh, well. <laughs> That's better. You're going to bet all of it? <laughs> all right, remember you're going for $1,500 tonight. You're going to bet the whole cent on your second question. Roxanne was loved by a long-nosed swordsman and a poet. They made a movie about her. What was his name? Cyrano de Bergerac. Cyrano de Bergerac. You know, I have two cents. <laughs> Gentlemen, keep your two cents out of this, will you? Here's your third question. How much of the two cents are you going to risk? All of it. Elizabeth Barrett was in love with a famous poet. What was his name? Browning. Browning is right. <laughs> You know, have us, huh? four cents. Now you got four cents. Now, how much are you going to bet? All of it. All of it. She's real bright. The first one was just confusion. I think she had stage fright. You're going to bet the whole four cents. In the ballad, Frankie shot her lover. What was his name? Johnny. Johnny is right. Well, I wind up with 
Eight cents. Eight cents. I can yeah. figure that yeah. out, too, but I'm yeah. as sharp as you are. <laughs> well, we'll give you one more question. Answer it correctly, and we'll see that you don't leave here with less than $25. You've got eight cents, so this question is for $24 and... <laughs> $24.92. <laughs> Think hard now, and please no help in the audience. What kind of fruit grows on a cherry tree? <laughs> Cherries. Cherries is right. Put it there, Sue. Put it there, Sarge. Well, you wound up with eight cents, so that means that the housewife and the railroad cook with $277 in just one minute get the chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $1,500 question. Thank you. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Now let's learn more about the spectacular new DeSoto Fire Dome 8. It's here, the exciting new DeSoto Fire Dome 8 with power steering, one of the most remarkable advancements in automobile history. Power steering takes almost all the effort out of turning the wheels. Imagine, one finger, yes, one finger is all it takes to turn the wheels, even when the car is at a standstill. In parking your car, you've never known anything to compare with DeSoto power steering. With no more effort than it takes you to dial a phone, you can turn the wheels and glide comfortably into the tightest parking space. And out on the highway... DeSoto Power Steering makes your control of the car easier with less road shock. No matter how bad the road, DeSoto Power Steering helps you hold a true and steady course and with practically no effort on your part. DeSoto Power Steering. Never has there been a more brilliant advance in making it easier, safer for everyone to handle a car. See the brilliant new DeSoto with Power Steering the 160-horsepower Fire Dome V8 engine, and other great features. It's now at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers. And now here's the housewife and the railroad cook, all set for the $1,500 DeSoto Plymouth question, Groucho. Now, uh, we would go for $1,500. I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully, and please no help in the audience. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. One of the uh, well-known countries of the world is divided into two parts by a thousand miles of another country. For $1,500, what country is geographically split into two separate parts? Talk it over. you got 15 seconds. Well, of course you can guess. Russia? No, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The correct answer is Pakistan. It is divided by a thousand miles of the Republic of India territory. So that means the big question next week will be worth $2,000. Well, you lost the big money, but you won quite a lot in the quiz. How much? $277 well, in the quiz. Well, it's not too bad. Congratulations and thanks to both of you and to all of our contestants on the show tonight. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at the same time for the Groucho Marx Show, when the big question will be worth $2,000.
And don't miss Groucho's television show, also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember... See the DeSoto Fire Dome 8 tomorrow. (laughs) Folks, here's a reminder from the National Safety Council. Look out for the driver who doesn't look out for you. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell. Directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. (laughs) 